everybody, and welcome back to your favorite podcast. Thanks for participating. I'm your host, Sydney. And I'm your other host, Sydney's husband. I am not named. Just kidding. My name is Josh. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Sydney's husband. <laughs> I guess formerly known as Josh. Now I identify only as Sydney's husband. I like it. Anyway, we are the hosts, creators and hosts, and for a while, the main audience of Thanks for Participating. <laughs> Sad but uh, true. Yeah, the couple, first couple of episodes. Well, actually, no, our very first episode, um, the Here We Come a Podcasting, which I still think is like so funny that that's what I titled it, <laughs> um, which was like our episode zero, I think is still like our most downloaded episode because that first day it like spiked into the hundreds, but then we've never had that again. So I guess like everybody was really, really excited. I, I guess we did kind of hype it up on our social media for a couple months before our first episode came out so people were probably really excited but then they listened and they were just like okay this is actually really annoying so. yeah they got less excited so <laughs> but if you guys have negative feedback for us let us know because we have haven't heard anything so we're just gonna keep doing it until somebody tells us that this actually is not something they enjoy so yeah until someone tells us we suck we're just gonna keep doing it and even if they tell us we suck we'll probably still keep doing it so uh but actually we've we've received a lot of positive feedback uh especially recently uh, especially since we have started re-releasing episodes, I guess season two, as we jokingly said, but in, in reality, it is kind of like a new season and we're seeing a lot more uh, engagement with listeners and community and stuff. We are also networking with like other uh, established podcasters, which is a lot of fun. Um, I don't know why I'm explaining all of this, but. <laughs> well, we'd like to welcome you back to our show for those of you who are new. On this podcast, uh, we will introduce each other to things that we haven't done before or things that we love from our childhood that the other person hasn't done before. So sometimes I will introduce Josh to things that I have done that I loved that I want to share with him. Or sometimes Josh will introduce things that he's done and loved that he wants to share with me. And sometimes if we're getting real spicy, we'll do something that neither of us has done that we tried out together for the first time. And sometimes we might even record an episode that both of us have already done, but it was a really fun experience and we want to share, uh, talk about it. I don't think we've done any episodes like that yet, but we have. But that's what today is. <laughs> yeah, I guess today is still along the lines of Sydney introducing things to me, but also it's not my first time because this is going to be an episode that we have already done an episode on. This ain't your first rodeo, cowboy. This ain't your mom's podcast. Damn straight. Uh, yeah. Case in point, your mom wouldn't curse into the mic. <laughs> no. <laughs> My mom would slap me on the head if she were here. <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay, here's here's a question. I mark these episodes as family friendly because um, there's like a little checkbox. To, you check it and it'll give like the explicit banner on Spotify and I assume also on Apple Podcasts and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, What curse words are and aren't family friendly? Because, you know, like, I'm, I was just assuming, like, when you watch TV, they will bleep, you know, higher expletives, but they will leave in more low-level cusses. So I'm just not sure. I have, there's nothing that I've needed to bleep. There was one time I bleeped you just for fun when you, like, didn't say anything inappropriate, <laughs> but I bleeped you to make it sound like it was inappropriate. But, like, there are a couple times that we've said, you know, ass or shit or, you know, I hell, and I've left those in. But so I, I feel like I'm not frauding the audience by saying you can this is family friendly. You can listen to it while your kids are in the car. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, damn hell. And so, they're like, oh, no. So f is an automatic like E. Well, I guess now we have an automatic E on our podcast <laughs> unless I remember to bleep that out. I wasn't expecting you to actually drop the bomb. All right. Well, next on our agenda is uh, small talk and what's new with life. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, now we sound so bad. Like <laughs> you know, this is just... here's like now it's time for your favorite segment of the podcast. <laughs> Start recording. <laughs> uh your favorite segment, a little bit of fun banter before we jump into the main topic of the episode. Okay, so last podcast we asked y'all a discussion question, which was which Scooby-Doo villain was the scariest to you growing up? Just a disclaimer. Sydney has never lived in the South. 
her dad grew up in Texas, but she was born <laughs> and raised in Utah where nobody says y'all, but every now and then Sydney will throw in a y'all. I do. You just said, last question, we asked y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I do. <laughs> I think I called you out on the episode one time. I was like, why'd you say y'all? And you're just like, I don't, I don't know. I say it some, sometimes and I just like had never like picked up on it before. Anyway. Well, you picked up on it just there. Yeah. On our last episode, we asked this question and we also posted it on our Instagram story for people to respond to. What was the scariest slash best Scooby-Doo villain? Um, And I think I had mentioned on our podcast last time that for me, it was the tar monster in the, it was either the first season or the second season of the original Scooby-Doo Where Are You show. And that one was just so cemented in my mind it was a scary uh storyline um let me plug in my podcast or my podcast let me plug in my laptop real quick no i was just gonna say let's jump into some of those answers okay yeah i have it screenshotted so oh wait before i jump into it what was your answer i would probably say the electricity guy from like the scooby-doo in cyberspace that guy freaked me out oh yeah i don't even know what what, was he supposed to be electricity or was he supposed to be like a virus? Oh, yeah. I guess he was a virus. I I don't know. It's been so long. And I actually didn't see it. I would like read the book at my grandma's house. But for some reason, that freaked me out more than like any of the villains I actually watched. Gotcha. So, yeah. the Yeah. He's the phantom virus. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So, Nick said Scrappy-Doo, which I think is <laughs> hilarious that... He's not the best villain, but definitely the scariest. Like, and the worst character in Scooby-Doo history. Yeah. He wasn't even a villain in any of the original shows or anything, but like the live action one that we watched. Like, it was funny that they made him the villain because of how hated he was. Yeah. And I'm glad that like I was not the only one that hated Scrappy-Doo because I thought that like he was this like beloved like puppy character and that I just thought he was really annoying. But it turns out I'm not the only one that hated him. So. Yeah, I don't think anyone liked him. Okay, I'm not alone on this planet. Okay, and then two people had the the same, okay, not not exactly the same answers, but very similar answers. Um, Daniel said, definitely the zombies and werecat people from Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah, those ones are freaky. I don't know that I've seen it. Well, actually, I don't know. I can't ever remember watching it, but I knew exactly what he was talking about because I know the zombies and I know like the werecat people like didn't like one of the either love interests or like main girl characters like in a cave at the end of the show and you find out that she was a werecat person yeah something like that i don't think i ever watched that one either but i definitely walked in on like my little sister watching it and so like i know what he's talking about all right and then caffeinated Catherine said the werecats from zombie island all the zombies were their previous victims oh yeah that's right <laughs> that was kind of a messed up one yeah um so that was our super fun discussion question <laughs> uh, segment. Um, at the end of the episode, we'll ask another one. Be sure to email us your response and then or respond to our story on Instagram and we'll read your responses in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> so at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned that this is something where we introduce something to another person. And today we're kind of revisiting a topic that we talked about a few months ago, and this was something that I introduced Josh to. Uh, about a year ago, or over a year ago, right? Yeah. March of 2021-ish. Yeah, and so this is something that I introduced Josh to, and it is concerts. Right, because before Sydney and I started dating, I had never really ever been to a concert. If you want to hear more about my very limited experience, make sure you go listen to that part one. Um, we had Sydney's dad on as a guest uh, to talk about it. Which was really fun because uh, he was in a band in college, and uh, you're in a band, and he's he's the one who introduced you, and the reason why you picked up the bass, and now you're since then you've like joined like a punk rock, not punk rock, like, not punk rock, uh, no. indie rock band. But anyway, that was the episode that we had to record three times over again. <laughs> uh, the infamous episode, <laughs> right? And because it was supposed to come out in January, and then we recorded it, and we just lost all of our audio because. It didn't save or Audacity crashed or something. And it was devastating. And so then like a couple of weeks later, we felt like it had been enough time to like just have the same conversation 
the same hour-long conversation over again with her dad. And he was kind enough to be like, yeah, okay, I can do it again. And he came back on the show, called us, and we talked about it again. And then we stopped the recording, and I was editing it either that night or the next day. And I stopped where I was to go eat dinner and came back, and my laptop had, like, the blue screen of death and had lost it all again and went in to try to recover it with, like, the geeks at Best Buy, and there's nothing they could do. Well, that whole situation was dumb because, like, I called them and I was like, can you restore a file on the laptop? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, how much would it cost? And they're like, wasn't it like $75 or something? And I was like, it would be like 50 bucks to like restore the file. And so I was like, oh, great, 50 bucks. Like, that's totally worth like not having to go through it again. And then I get there and they're like, well, it's 50 bucks to like look and see if we can like see if anything's there. And then it would be like another 250 bucks just to like restore it. Um. Then he came on a third time and we like had all these precautions to um, make sure that we had the audio saved. I think I like was backup recording like the audio on my phone also. So just in case something happened with Audacity, we'd have like backup audio, but it all worked out. We finally got the episode out like three months after we were originally planning. And today as we were setting up, I was thinking, you know, hopefully we don't have any more issues with the concert episode, but I thought we probably shouldn't because the reason now that I'm looking back on it, that we had so many issues and had to record it so many times, like the common denominator was that your dad was on the episode. So now we're, he's not on here and we shouldn't have any problems. Everything's been smooth sailing since. Like it was fun talking to him, but like really, can you blame audacity for (laughs) quitting (laughs) having uh, his audio? Just kidding. We, We talked about on that episode about how much your family like roasts him and how like me, you know, joining the family like that's just kind of something that like I've adopted by uh, absorption is just the habit of like constantly insulting your dad. Yeah, he's probably the butt about of like 80% of the jokes that we make, at least. But Corbett, if you're listening, you are a terrific father-in-law. And no, I do not have my fingers crossed behind my back. <laughs> you know, it's always funny because his name is Corbett, but my siblings will call him Corbutt sometimes. And then, like, one time my sister was like, how often did people make fun of you and, like, use core butt to make fun of you? And he's like, never. No one called me that until I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think my Aunt Tara might have called him that, like, a couple of times. But That, that kind of makes me both excited and nervous to, like, have kids. Because it's like, I can't wait to have more people in our family. And, you know, I feel like I'm going to, I don't know, I just feel like I'm going to have so much fun doing fun things with my kids and you know growing a relationship but at the same time like I don't want to like have gone my life you know I was lucky enough to like never really like experience bullying in elementary school or junior high or anything but I don't want to like all of a sudden have kids and have them like (laughs) bully me like constantly (laughs) I mean like I think I hope my dad realizes that like we do it out of love like (laughs) It's not because we actually think any of those things are true, but we just kind of think it's funny to make him the butt of the joke. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I don't want to like prescribe anything for your dad on this podcast <laughs> that we're like totally unqualified for. I was just thinking like he's, you know, he tries to reciprocate the teasing. He's not nearly as good at it as <laughs> you guys are. But I uh, I would I, I don't I don't see him in my mind like going downstairs and like crying behind a closed door about it so no, no. mel is brutal though and she's fast <laughs> and like very quick-witted and so um he will never be as good as turning it around as mel is mm-hmm. okay um yeah if you want to hear about like sydney's initial introduction of concerts to me when we were first dating when we were first married be sure to check out that episode um warning you are gonna have to endure corbett's voice um so ever made fun of a guest the way we have my dad (laughs) (laughs) but since that episode came out there have been several developments in the story of concerts that we have attended together in our marriage and a couple really big ones and really fun ones that we wanted to talk about so maybe like this will be you know there will be more part twos to episodes like as our as we continue to be married, which I have no plans of not continuing to 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 be. So um, uh, I thought about it once. Or this is the first part two. There's probably going to be more part twos, maybe even a concert's part three in a year or two years. So, um, but we thought it would be fun to talk about some of the ones that we've been to since that last episode. Which the big one 
was when we, that summer, traveled to Texas to visit your family, um, your grandparents who, you know, during COVID weren't able to come up to our wedding. But we had tickets to the Hella Mega Tour concert with Fall Out Boy, Weezer, and Green Day. Yes. Which I know that you were excited for for over a year. Well, because we were originally going to go to that concert after a Rangers game the year before. Yeah, like when we got engaged in like January of 2020, I think they were supposed to come that summer to play, but then to like after the concert, but then obviously like everything got shut down and the tour got postponed. And so um, like I was super excited and like my dad was like planning on coming out and we were going to get tickets and go see it and it was going to be like really awesome and stuff. And then like the whole world just like shut down and obviously like we couldn't go. But then I think it was like July of 2021, Dallas was the first date on that tour. And I think it was the first big concert since COVID had started. It was like the ve- first public event yeah. of that size like in almost two years so i'm not sure if that's something we should brag about or not but (laughs) but yeah it was like one of the first big events um and i was like so worried that i was going to a super spreader um but and the tour ended up getting shut down later oh Um, i had no idea oh yeah like um i'm not sure exactly how long into it but like partially the way through i think fallout boy got covid and so they had to drop out And then I think it just kind of fizzled off like later because, you know, people started getting COVID and, you know, you don't mess with that stuff. And so they kind of had to like cancel things. But when we went, it was so incredible. Like I just I was like having the time of my life. (laughs) Speaking of Green Day. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I said that. And then Um, I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) No, when you said that, was it Fallout Boy couldn't? um make a performance and so Weezer like covered some of their songs for them like yeah I remember seeing that yeah nice sentiment but I don't know if like the execution was there I mean I love Weezer and I think they have a time and a place but like they're definitely like a very specific style and if they're not doing their style they don't sound great and that's kind of what happened when they were doing the fallout boy songs like it just it just wasn't their like niche uh like music style and it didn't sound great speaking of weezer um there's a podcast i listen to i've listened to for a long time now it's called punch up the jam and in it they go line by line through his song and kind of joke around about it and then at the end they um uh make a remake of the song or punch it up to like make it better and it's super funny and it's a it's a podcast that i've been uh trying to introduce to you for a while but today i was re-listening to an old episode and they were talking about i wish by skilo and in it they um were talking about all of the things that that song sampled and then um one of the hosts uh made this joke uh but anyway it was a joke that like flew over my head completely the first time that i listened to this episode uh but listening back to it today i only knew it because of this concert that we went to so listen to this it's literally just Ooh. the drums that we've been hearing. I, but that's under the whole song of yeah. Skilo? Huh. Well, I can't wait to notice now. Well, there's one more sample. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what song it's from. I really walked right into that. Yeah, you really so did. did <laughs> Thank you. I can be witness to this torture. For anyone? Anyway, it was just... I guess he had put the Beverly Hills like in that and it's just like not even in the same key and sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I laughed so hard at work and um anyway. Um I'm gonna go plug in my phone real quick because it's at like three percent. Yeah, mine's pretty dead too. Sure. Okay, so the Hell and Mega Tour concert. When did we buy tickets? It was I think it was a couple of like it it was right around the time we booked our flight. Do you like you texted me and you said, hey, like, look, because you knew I'd been interested in the concert. You're like, look, it's back on and like they're selling tickets again. Or And I was kind of like, ooh, I like kind of want to go. And you were like, well, why don't we just like do it? Right. Because we had not planned the trip yet yeah. to Texas <laughs> and we saw that it was going to be that summer. And we we're like, well, why don't we go down to there? And so like 
we i think it's like that night you like texted your family and was like can we come visit you in june or july or whenever it was and when they said yes it's like all right let's do it so we bought the tickets and then booked the flights (laughs) yep and then we went and we spent a great week with my family and went to that concert but that was months and months in advance and um on our last episode i talked about how spoiler alert the couple concerts that I went to first with Sid. I did not have a good experience. Um, (laughs) So make sure you listen to that episode to hear about it. But part of the reason was because I didn't know any of the music for the groups that were performing. And I felt like because of that, it was it's really hard for me to listen to music for the first time, especially when everyone around me is so into it and having fun and dancing and singing along and stuff. And I have no idea. I don't know how to like enjoy the music that I don't know. So I was like, this is going to be a really big concert. It's going to be a really long concert. So I tried for months to learn the music of Green Day and Weezer and uh, Fall, Out Fall Out Boy. Boy, which all combined is a very large discography. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think I found like a re- like a someone had put a playlist together on Spotify that was like the leaked uh, set list or whatever mm-hmm. for the show. Um and there were multiple, multiple times that I would try to engage listening with listening to music by these bands, but it was just, I couldn't listen for very long, maybe like part of a song or a couple songs. And it's just, you know, I'm not the kind of person that can listen to music for mindlessly, like for a long time. Um, I don't know exactly what it is, but so I never actually like learned a lot of the music, but then just in the, where were we go? I think it was on our, on the drive to Mesa Verde that when was that in may april april Mm -hmm. um i think it was then as we were driving through the canyon that you in from the passenger seat like kept um showing me like fallout boy songs and then weezer songs and stuff and so it was like on that drive that i got to know a lot more of the songs and become a little bit more familiar with them not enough to where i like knew the words and could sing along but at least i like knew the melody enough to like enjoy it as it was like playing which was huge because I had noticeably better experience at the Hella Mega Tour concert than the other ones that we had been to. Uh, but overall, it was still probably not <laughs> the best experience I've had. It was it was overall more on the bad experience side than on the good experience side, which is kind of upsetting. Uh, I know for you, like it was like you just were like grinning ear to ear for like the rest of the night. And um, but for me, even though I was more prepared to hear the music it was just the fact that it was like a sold out concert packed to like floor to ceiling in a baseball stadium and so i was very claustrophobic and then i had never been to a concert that was that loud and like the lights and the sound was so loud that like at one point i had to go hide in the bathroom because i was so overstimulated and like having a panic attack so i like waited in the bathroom for a couple songs before i came back out yeah. Yeah. I remember you were just kind of sitting there and most people dance when they go to a concert, but Josh does not. And he didn't even like stand up. Like he just sat in the chair the entire time and he looked like he was so bored. And the lady in front of us got a little drunk. Oh, I forgot about her. <laughs> and she got really excited about me. I don't know why, but she just seemed like really into like a new friendship there. And she just was turning around and talking to me the whole time. She even made me, like, take selfies with her. (laughs) But she kept on, like, needling Josh and trying to get him to stand up and dance. And he was just, like, not into it, which kind of made me sad. But, like, I get it. Like, you were overstimulated and whatever. But you just, like, you were not having any of it. Yeah, I was, like, well, part of it is, like, I was concentrating as hard as I could to try to, like, hear the music. Because just, like, with how loud it was... All I was hearing when it got to me was just noise. Just like it didn't sound like music. It just sounded like loudness. Mm-hmm. And then plus like all of the cheering and clapping and like everything that I'm hearing like individually. I was just like, so I was like trying like really hard to like tune out like everything else and just like hear the instruments and the vocals and stuff. It was just so hard. Plus I was just like tr- trying to like also like take deep breaths at the same time and not cry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, she kept like turning around and like grabbing my hand and like, you got to stand up, you got to dance. And I was like, really annoyed. I was like, lady, <laughs> I'm about to like, 
scream like how nervous i am right now i tried to run interference a little bit but i don't know how much i actually helped (laughs) yeah but i think i think one of the coolest things one of the like i think seeing a band when they are not putting out a new album or like seeing an artist or a band when they're on tour and they didn't just put out a new album is one of the best times to see a band because then they're not trying to promote their new album and they play like you know, they play the best songs, but they also play like a few mediocre songs on the album. But you just get like the best they of, play the best hits of their whole discography. Yeah, they know and what so, their fans want to hear and they play it. Yeah. And so I think that's the best time to see a band. And that's what this was. But it wasn't just for one band. It was for three. Three great, like legendary bands that have been around for like 20 years and have had like multiple chart toppers. Um, And so it was just such a cool concert to be at like honestly like you knew every song um well i knew every song josh did not (laughs) and like you just have such a fun time with it um there was um kind of so weezer came on first um and weezer of the three bands weezer was the one that i was least familiar with going in um i think the only songs i knew were or that um you had showed me were beverly hills and their cover of Africa by Toto. I did not show you that one. I want for the record, I did not show you that one. Yes, you did. Like at your mom's house. Like we were talking about Toto or something cuz I love Africa by Toto. Like that was my oh, jam in high school. Maybe and I just did. at at some point in our marriage like you had like played that for me. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It's not a super great cover though. Right. Um and even thinking back to the concert, I can't remember any of the other songs they played i i couldn't name a single other weezer song um and so when we got there people it wasn't as packed yet it was still like a ton of people but there were still like lots of seats that like needed to be filled and i thought now would be a good time to head to wait in line for like the merch table because i knew that you would want a shirt and something to like you know remember like that concert and so i said why don't you you know i'm not as like invested in like hearing Weezer perform. So I'll go wait in line. It ended up being like what a two hour line that I was waiting in. So like the whole, I don't know how long Weezer was on stage. They were like 45 minutes at least. Yeah. Uh, And so like, I could still hear them play. Like um, the music was like, it was actually like very manageable to like take in the music, like standing like in the hallway. Um, waiting in line like behind the stadium seating yeah behind the seats like over where like all of the like um concessions are and stuff um and so like when they played africa by toto it was like at like the perfect volume and i was away from enough people like yeah i was standing in (laughs) line but like i wasn't like crowded um but then i was like i realized it was like taking forever um and it was a really long line and yeah it took me like two hours because then there was was, like 45 minutes because we Got it before Fallout Boy. Like we were in our seats by the time Fallout Boy started. Well, right, but like I think I left before Weezer started. Is either before they started or like right when they were starting? Right, they had an opener. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, it was when the opening band was performing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but then like there was you know a significant amount of time in between bands for them to like change the set, like backdrop or whatever. Um, but then we get up and I was literally three people away from the table. And they said that they were sold out of the shirts. Like the big tour shirt that had all three bands on it. <laughs> yeah. With like the tour cover art or whatever. Um, so we had to get, like, I had to get a shirt that was just Green Day. I don't think you got anything, right? Well, yeah. I was like, that was the only thing I want was something about like this concert. I'm not like a fan enough of like the bands to like get any of like their band specific merch. Um but then I was like so upset. I was like, I just waited in line for two hours. I'm not going to n- walk away without getting anything. So then um, we bought, yeah, the Green Day, like a shirt that was just Green Day for you. Yeah. I think that was definitely like up there, like top three concerts, maybe top five, definitely. Like it just was so amazing um, to be there in like the presence of like three like legendary bands, you know? I think like Weezer, I think get. Why am I saying I think so much? Weezer gets a weird reputation in the music community. You either like love them or you hate them. And there's a lot of people that like hate them. <laughs> but like, 
but I think they're pretty fun to listen to and they're very creative with their songwriting and so that was something that I like really enjoyed like listening to them but then you know like fallout boy and green day are like total classics and um billy joe armstrong was like really good about interacting with the crowd and stuff and so especially when we got to holiday that was one of the coolest songs i've ever um like been in a concert for and the atmosphere of the crowd and everyone just like yelling um because Holiday is one of those songs that's got, like, the yelling in the background. And it was so much fun to just, like, yell that with the crowd. Right. Um, I think, so, of the three bands, Fall Out Boy was the one that I was the most familiar of. Like, I, I already knew at least a couple of their songs before you introduced me to, like, the rest of them. Um, because I think, like, uh, I knew one from Big Hero 6, right? Didn't they write music for... Um, yeah, I think they did a couple songs for them. Yeah, maybe I was like, I, th- I feel like I, I knew them from movies. Maybe they were all in the same movie, um, like the Centuries song and We Could Be Immortals. Yeah, I think those are the two songs that I knew. Um, and I like those songs; they're really good. And uh, the the rest of the songs that you were showing me, you know, were similar enough to like that sound that I was. It was easy for me to like become familiar. And so they went on second, and it was still. Um, not as packed yet. Like I guess people aren't weren't as interested to come see Weezer and Fallout Boy as they were to come see Green Day. So even like halfway through the concert, like Fallout Boy hadn't even finished performing yet. Um, and it wasn't like there were still people like coming in to the concert. Um, but also like um, this concert was inside the new the newly constructed Rangers Stadium where the top. Like I know you were really excited because you were telling me how like. It's the, the the ceiling can like slide off. Um, Let me tell you, going to baseball games growing up where it is like 110 degrees outside. And I mean, I only went like, you know, the summers when I'd be down there and like we catch one game and stuff, but it would be so hot just sitting out there. And like, I was, I'm so excited for that retractable roof. I don't remember. Was it glass? I can't remember. I don't think so. Like, but there were definitely windows um, all along the wall high up and so there was a lot of natural lighting at the beginning uh when weezer and fallout boy were performing before the sun had gone down am i remembering that right Mm -hmm. um and so when they were performing there weren't as many bright lights up on the stage and so like when fallout boy was performing it was it was more manageable for me it was it wasn't as overstimulating and i knew more of their songs and i really liked it and and they put on a good show um and I was kind of amazed at like some of the things like their um, the the set that they had built behind the stage kind of looked like this, you know, fantasy like forest with like portals and stuff like behind them. It was really cool. And they kind of like acted out a movie, too. They, I don't remember that. Yeah, they had like um, like movie transitions, kind of like almost like Twilight Zone. I actually think one of the clips was from the Twilight Zone. But they had transitions and they kind of made it very theatrical. Gotcha. I remember at one point the singer sat down at a piano and he was playing and the top of the piano lit on fire. Oh, that was so sick. And he kept playing the whole song with the piano on fire. And I was just like, what? It was like, not only did it look cool, but I you could see him, the clo- like the cameraman that like go up on stage to like get close ups of like the musicians faces. He was actually sweating from the flames. Well, I'm, well first, I'm, I'm sure that it's that you're naturally going to warm up and sweat. Like you're d- jumping around, dancing on stage and with, when there's a thousand so people. Yeah. yeah. But like, no, like you could see like he was sitting at the piano and you could see the like heat glistening on his face from like the, the flames like a foot away from him the entire song. But it was super cool. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. That was definitely a concert of a lifetime for sure. But yeah, then uh, by the time uh, Green Day came out, the sun had gone down. It was really dark. And so all of the lights were coming from the stage and they were flashing and lasers. And then the sound was, and it was just like, everything was too much. Except for when he came out and like was alone on stage to play Good Riddance on the guitar. That was, I could, I liked that. Um, I knew that song before. Uh, I, I had no idea that it was Green Day though, because, you know, so unlike like the rest of the things that they played um yeah but i forgot what i was gonna say sorry oh and then yeah and then uh they played last and we 
left and I was still kind of in my cool down, like recomposing myself um, phase. I don't know. Um, and your aunt came to pick us up from the stadium and she's like, how was it? And you were like, oh, it's so fun. And she's like, well, how about you, Josh? And I was like, I'm dying. Like, <laughs> I, I did not enjoy it. Yeah, I like, I don't know. Afterwards, I could tell like you did not enjoy it as much as I did. It just kind of made me sad. But yeah, there was like there's I had a fun time at times. And but there's definitely like by the time that we got there, I was just like, I'm just so drained. I just want to go home and lay down or like go back to her house and lay down. Yeah. So a couple of days, I think it was literally like one or two days after we got back from Texas, there was a local band playing that I wanted to see really bad. Um, They're called Silver Cup. I guess they're not local anymore. They've moved to New York now, but they are so good. Like you should definitely check them out. Um, But anyways, they were playing their first show in Salt Lake City. And so I dragged Josh <laughs> to this little music venue, um, standing room only, no chairs. It's kind of like this shack that's just kind of in the middle of a block Um, that also like doubles as like a music venue and it's kind of a fun little place but um anyways I was really excited to see them because I listened to a couple of their songs um and yeah I really wanted to see them live and I once again had a lot of fun and Josh sat on the bench outside of the shack while I was <laughs> inside dancing around <laughs> okay well to be fair the inside of the shack was all aluminum and so all of the sound just was reflected really loud and it's a really small space and so it's like i walked in and like the first band played and i was just like no i can't stay in here and it was like everybody was like standing like shoulder to shoulder it's like not only do i not have enough space to just like exist but it's just so loud that it hurts me physically like and so i for a little bit i waited outside just like right outside the the entrance um but then also like there's kind of like this courtyard outside and i went and sat on a bench and just kind of like waited but also i was really kind of depressed like at that time because it was um i can't remember it was just i had just had to drop all of my classes um from college for the semester and then i had like tried to take it over spring and summer or something and i had to do, do it the same and so i was just like realizing like i am really struggling in college and i have not been able to like finish a semester without having to drop a class and since then I have also tried and failed to finish the semester. Um, but at that time, I was just like feeling like a failure. I was like, man, I'm failing at everything that I'm doing right now. And and so it was like not a fun time, not just because of the concert, but just because of like everything that was like compounding. But yeah. And I think I mean, obviously, that's like something big that you were dealing with. But unlike Fallout Boy and Weezer, where I had played the music for Josh beforehand and kind of prepped him a little bit. I had not done this at all with Silver Cup. And so we just kind of showed up and he didn't know any of it. And I think that like really affects really affects your level of enjoyment is like how much preparation you've had listening to them. Whereas I think it's kind of fun to go to concerts to learn new music or like to like discover new music and discover new artists and stuff. And uh, you're the opposite. Yeah. Um. Was there a concert that we went to? After the, Oh, I did, in my notes, I did have written that we went to, you know, a totally different type of concert, but still, like, a big one was when Jazz at Lincoln Center came from New York to perform on campus, and you were so excited because you, Jazz, yeah. and performing as a jazz musician and everything is, like, a huge part, not only of you, but for your whole family, and mm -hmm. so you were so excited for them to come that you were, you were begging me to, like, go to that show with you so yeah i mean obviously i played a lot of jazz growing up basically that's how i learned to play the bass and that's most of the playing opportunities i had was in the jazz band and jazz at lincoln center is my favorite like living like current jazz band that's still around today and so when i heard that they were coming to where we live i was like we are seeing them like you don't really get a say this time like we are going to see them and um, we ended up, we took my brother as well because um, it was like his Christmas present from us because I knew he would want to see them as well. But that was just absolutely mind-blowing. They are led by Wynton Marsalis. Um, he comes from the Marsalis jazz family. And 
I mean, he does an amazing job and the band is just so tight and incredible. I was, I mean, they're fun to listen to on a record, but live is like infinitely better. Um, The interesting thing about, you know, jazz isn't necessarily classical music, but in like in, in the broader scope of concerts, it's definitely more classical than, you know, Green Day is. Um, especially in terms of the people that are going to see a jazz band, especially like a big band perform like that, is like the concert etiquette of the audience. Like you, like everybody sits and like no one is standing up cheering, like singing along or anything like going crazy, drinking like at how Hella Megator was. And so it was very, you know, there wasn't that element that like made it uncomfortable. And also a lot of the songs that they play are instrumental. And so there's not like trying to hear the music and trying to listen and comprehend the lyrics, which can be too much. And so just enjoying, you know, the jazz um, instrumentation was really nice, that it was like a lot easier to listen to. And I loved it. I like it was fine for me to uh, attend that concert up until they had finished performing and had bowed and walked off stage um for the most part people don't scream and cheer and stand up and dance while they were performing uh whenever after anybody would you know perform a solo people would cheer or not cheer but like applaud maybe Um, a little cheering but not much right and um and even you know like people were very conscious of etiquette like you don't even applaud in between movements of the same piece that they're performing and and so that element made it very very easy for me to attend this concert never um, clap between movements uh i have very strong feelings about that sorry to um but anyway so i really enjoyed it up until the band finished their last song i guess okay i said song uh i did take a music class at college that was the professor was actually your my clarinet clarinet professor, professor mm-hmm. um when you were a clarinet performance major um and he had very strong opinions about like don't clap between uh, movements. Also, he had very very strong opinions about when to and when not to give standing ovations. But like in Utah culture, when you go to performances, everybody just gives a standing ovation at the end of a concert, like every time. And he was telling us how that's not typical, and people think that it's just like Utah people being nice, but it's it's kind of just this tradition that people just do like. But he was saying how he um, holds the tradition that a standing ovation should be reserved um, only for when you are so moved that you feel compelled to stand. And so he was just like, I don't stand like in Utah. Everybody stands at the end of a concert and I'll be the only one in the whole um, in in the whole music hall hall that's that's still sitting. Um, And I had a I had a high school teacher that felt the exact same way about exclamation points. He was just like, my philosophy is that you have five exclamation points to use your whole life and only use them when it's <laughs> when you feel so moved to to like really <laughs> emphasize something or to like, you know, use it correctly. Well, I just used with, up all my exclamation points in my email to my professor. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's funny how I don't know when it started, but exclamation points, I kind of feel like became, you know, not emphasis or, you know exclamation i don't know you know not yelling or anything but it became the way to let somebody know that you're not like pissed off yeah if you don't use exclamation (laughs) marks you know like use exclamation marks to like indicate lively emotion or you know like lighthearted, uh genuine genuinity what's that word i have no idea but you, you get what i'm saying yeah yeah it's like when you use on a business email when you don't want to sound like you're super pissed off at them Okay, back to Jazz at Lincoln Center. They finished... Oh, the other opinion that I... The reason why I brought it up was because he had strong opinions about um, using the word song for when a piece of music is not sung. If there's no words, then it's not a song. It's only a song if somebody's singing. But if it's just being played, then it's a piece. Wait, your English teacher or my... Uh, Dr. Henry. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so he was telling you that like if you... um said song for peace on the test he would be really upset and like dock you um (laughs) that sounds like him (laughs) but anyway so when they finished their last piece they stood up and everybody um the the band member stood up and then 
everybody in the audience stood up and clapped and cheered and they took a bow and the conductor turned around and like waved his arms um in like to show or you know indicate the the rest of the band members and everybody kept kept clapping and cheering and the band member or the conductor again um you know waved his arms and they took more bows and then they walked off stage and then this is like the the part of the concert etiquette that just like i was like over like it it got to the point that i was like i am done yeah, you um, kept because on, they like... kept clapping they kept cheering for like three minutes until they came back out and bowed again and then left and they kept cheering kept clapping for like three more minutes until they came out um for to play another encore piece which i was just like i was like okay well i kind of thought it was over and like yeah i enjoyed the concert but like mentally i've like already prepared myself to leave i'm not like i'm not in a like mental capacity to like listen to music right now and then everybody's so everybody sits back down and we were kind of like sitting in the center so i didn't want to like walk past everybody and leave um, yeah but you were like kind of pushing to go and i was like no like they're amazing i'm gonna stay oh i didn't like push to go i was just oh, like i kind of felt oh and then <laughs> that's the impression i got <laughs> after that encore piece they left and then everybody was like clapping and cheering for like a second encore and so finally the main trumpeter who was also the conductor not not i guess it's not conductor in the jazz band because kind of he's the lead it's Wynton marcellus right he came back out and he played like a 15 minute trumpet solo and like he was like and we were up in the the balcony seating and he was walking in the orchestra seating below us so we couldn't even see him we could just hear this trumpet and i was just like okay this is this is past the point of enjoyment for me and i just want to go but other than that before they started taking their bows i was loving it i was just eating it all up honestly um yeah um i had something i was gonna say gotcha. um i did want to talk about just briefly we could bring up how we went to an open mic at a coffee place oh, good um a local coffee place on center street and i had no idea what to expect i didn't even know what an mo- open mic was this was just a couple months ago. I should have braced you. <laughs> and I guess it's from my understanding is just the uh, coffee shop just schedules a time that anybody who wants to can come in and play music. Yeah. An open mic is just kind of like almost like an amateur night where anyone who like is trying to get their foot in the door musically or who just loves playing amateur who just loves to perform every once in a while, but like isn't super into it, can like come and perform a, a couple of pieces. Gotcha. Um, luckily, they a lot of the pieces that people were getting up to play were covers of well-known songs that um, about half of what was played were songs that I knew, and half of them were, and then the rest, the other half. So half of them were songs I knew. The other half was split half and half. So I guess a quarter of it was songs I didn't know that other people knew and were excited about. And then the other quarter was original from the people that were playing. Um, yeah, they had some really talented people there for sure. Like I was really impressed with the level of talent at that open mic. Yeah. And luckily we had, they had a comfy, was it the couch that we were sitting on or were they armchairs? Armchairs. Yeah. Yeah. They had these comfy armchairs over on the side that were open and we like snagged them. And um, so at least like it wasn't, I wasn't uh, overwhelmed by like, standing room like shoulder to shoulder with anybody but um and then afterwards we went to this uh um little restaurant that we just walked past and we were like that smells too good to like <laughs> to skip so we had we had other plans for dinner but instead we like we're like nope we're doing this and we hadn't planned on it but as we were eating is either as we were sitting outside eating or when we got home that night you brought up how it would be fun to go to perform at an open mic and so We've talked about, you know, preparing covers of some songs and then going in like performing together. That would be really fun. Yeah. And so when sure. we do that, we might have to cover when we perform at an open mic um, on a concerts part three or something. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll probably record it and maybe that would be fun to like post on our TikTok or something. So yeah, make sure you follow us there to see us <laughs> perform at an open mic. Yeah. Ooh, these uh, headphones are really starting to like hurt my ears, <laughs> like yeah. hurt my head. Well, I have like an eye appointment. So the main reason why we wanted to do a part two was because I played in a concert 
a couple weeks ago. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, Sydney joined a, I guess, auditioned for and was accepted into a indie rock band called Botanical Animal. I guess it's kind of like indie alt rock. I don't know what the difference is. I thought it's slight. I don't know. It's kind of like a coin vibes. Coin vibes. Gotcha. Um, which I remember being just so over the moon excited when you were auditioning <laughs> because I know how much you uh like first off, I had not had the chance to like see you play on like your electric bass <laughs> or anything. And I was just so excited to like when you auditioned and got accepted, I was just like, I'm like married to a rock star. This is freaking awesome. And I was just like, I just want to tell everybody I know. But the problem is, is I don't really know anybody and have a lot of friends. So I was just like messaging on like Discord channels and stuff to people that, you know, there's a couple of people on the Discord I know, but like a lot of people in there have like never met me. And I was just like, guys, I just want to like brag about like how awesome my wife is. <laughs> I thought one of the things that was really funny was... I guess when I play the bass, I have this face that I make where I kind of like tense up the corners of my mouth and like look real serious or whatever. And you were really, really concerned about how I would look on stage. And I was just kind of like, look, this isn't my first rodeo. Like I've played concerts before. Like you don't have to worry about me. Like I know how to perform. And you, I guess, were so concerned that you like made me come home and like you were going to teach me how to have stage presence. And so you made me, I was like, hold on, before you like try to like change my bass face, let me just play along to a song for you and like show you how I'd actually do it on stage. Because when I'm practicing, like I don't have like this, I don't really practice my stage presence. I just kind of like feel it when I'm on stage and do it. And I, and so then I put on, we were covering Why Do You Only Call Me When You're High? And so by the Arctic Monkeys. And so I put that song on and was playing along. And then at the end, you were just like, Yep, you were right. Like, I should have trusted you. You did really good. And I was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Not only did I say you did really good, but I was like in shock at how, like, what I had just witnessed. Like, I was like, it was just so entertaining to just, you know, watch how much fun you were having, like, playing the music. And also, it was incredibly attractive. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're going to get the E for that. You're saying that a husband calling his wife attractive is not family friendly that is how f what that is how families literally start <laughs> is when a man loves a woman very much or great now i was just unintentionally homophobic we are we're all inclusive on this podcast i promise <laughs> when someone loves someone else very much that's that's typically you know uh predates in the decision to have children and start a family yeah uh anyway so that's the most family friendly thing because without you know, someone thinking that their partner is attractive. There's no, typically no family to be had. Um, I forgot what I was saying though. Oh, um, we didn't, we did mention on the last episode, the venue that you ended up playing at just a couple weeks ago, because it was a venue that your dad played at when he was in his band in college. And it's one that I've played at before. It's kind of one of my favorites to play at. Right. We talked about it because you were talking about how it's your favorite local venue to like play at and go to. Yep. They know how to draw a crowd. Plus, like, they have kind of like a, not a creepy vibe, but just kind of like an oddball, like, eerie vibe. Like mystic, kind of. Yeah, which I love. Um, One, I will just say, like, right off the bat, that, you know, all of the other concerts that I went to, I either had, like, a totally <laughs> bad experience or, uh, like, and then, like, increasing, like, each one I went to the stars aligned in such a way that was a little bit easier for me to attend or you know was a little bit better enjoyment wise but still you know there were elements of it that I didn't like but this concert um watching Sydney perform there wasn't anything that deterred my is that a word deterred yeah that's that just sounds like d and then turd like d big old pile of poop well like, it's there was nothing that detracted from my just utter astonishment and like excitement about watching you pl play with your band the for the first time with like but also super excited because your brother was like filling in as the drummer for the band oh yeah so um one of our band members had like his wife had a baby and then this show was thrown together very last minute so we found out about it like two days before 
we actually played it. And so our another band member was already scheduled to work. So it was just two of us and we were going to try to do an acoustic set. And then we got together and started practicing and we we're like, nope, like this is totally missing something like we've got to fill out the band. And so then I I knew McKay could do it. And so I called up my brother and I was like, please help us. And he learned all of the songs in one night. And then um, our my other band member knew a guy that played guitar. And so we brought him in and um, it, both of them learned eight songs in one night. And then we had one rehearsal the next day and then we played the concert the next the day after that. So it was kind of crazy, but I felt like it came together really well. Yeah. I was really nervous about um, going to this concert because like <laughs> I knew my track record about how nervous it's been or how you know hard it's been for me to go to concerts. And you had already gone to like an hour or whatever before the concert started or I guess a couple hours. Um, and I was just like, well, I guess I just go. And you, you had mentioned that my name was supposed to be on a list that I wouldn't have to like pay, but I was like expecting just like a bouncer, like outside a club or something. And I was like, it's going to be like a scary guy. I'm just going to be too nervous to like tell him my name. So I'm probably going to end up like buying a ticket anyway. <laughs> um, but luckily your family was like already outside and I wasn't expecting your whole family to come. Like I, I know that you had said your dad might come down, but like your whole family came down, which was like great. Like instantly like put my mind at ease. Even your cousin came down from Logan. Um, I think once I roped in McKay, then my whole family was like, all right, we're, we're going. Like, <laughs> we had, we had our doubts about supporting Sid, but like once McKay got involved, then we we're obligated to because, because <laughs> nobody can say no McKay. He's the golden child. That's half our kids playing in the, in the band now. <laughs> McKay is the golden child though. Like honestly, definitely the least problematic. I was, I had an idea for a TikTok to make the other day where um like i'm friends with you obviously you and then your two sisters on tiktok and every time like there's a funny video i'll usually most of the time i'll send it to sid so that she can like enjoy it too but there's this like unspoken or like unacknowledged i don't know there's there's like this hierarchy of videos or like these criteria where if it meets certain criteria i will send it to sydney and i will also send it to her sister mel or if it meets this other criteria, I'll send it to Sydney and I'll also send it to Livy. But then if it there's rare videos where it will meet all of the criteria in such a way that I'll send it to all three of you. And I can't exactly put my finger on it. But then I was thinking it'd be funny to make a video kind of explaining that and then being like, but Sydney also has a brother that I never send videos to because everybody just kind of pretends that McKay doesn't exist. <laughs> well, also, he doesn't have a TikTok, but. <laughs> right. um, but anyway, um, your family was there and since i think we got there like maybe still half an hour before the concert started and you guys were performing second anyway so your dad was like well why don't we just go to ice cream so we walked a couple blocks to go get ice cream which was really nice because we went to this ice cream place that i really like but cindy doesn't like so i hadn't been there in a long time um and then we came back and we came back when the first performer only had like one or two songs left so that was really nice that i didn't have to sit through um all of the music that I wasn't familiar with. And then when he was done, like you guys came on uh, afterwards. And so I was just like so excited. And I was like taking video and and stuff <laughs> of uh, you and McKay on stage. And also um, there were like three or four songs that I knew from listening to on Spotify that your band had already recorded by the time that you had like joined. And so when you were joining, I like we like looked them up and stuff. and uh, And then also like, having heard you rehearse some of the music and then having heard you guys like play together like before. Um, and also like um, Austin, the the vocalist in your band just has like such a smooth, like easy on the ears voice that mm -hmm. that was like, like it all just worked so well together. And I was so impressed by how well you pulled it off, how hot you were on stage, <laughs> um, how much fun you were having, how great McKay was like in such short notice. Um, it's just the whole time I was just kind of in like this, I don't want to say euphoria because I feel like that's too sexual, but like I was just like- It is now. <laughs> I was so happy. Um, and then when you finished, I was just like waiting in anticipation for you to like come back out of the green room. I was just like, I just want to like, you know, bask in this like excitement with like my super awesome wife who's a rock star. And and then we went um, and we got 
some drinks at a boba shop that was across the street. And then we came back and we kind of stood in the, the back of the venue to listen to the last band perform. And I think there was even a point that they were like playing kind of slower songs. We kind of slow danced in like the back of the venue. And it was just like so fun, like such a fun night altogether. I will say going back, it's a shame that you missed the first act, like most of it, because he totally killed it. Like he did a really awesome job. And he just, I guess, kind of came out of nowhere. Like no one had really knew him, but he was so good. It's a shame you missed him because he he killed it. Um, But then later that night, or maybe it was the next day, um, Austin, this, the vo- lead vocalist's wife, s- sent the link to a bunch of photos that she'd taken. She's the band photographer. And she does, she takes beautiful pictures. Which she also had just given birth. Yes. Like <laughs> just a couple of weeks before this concert. I think and it so, was a month. Yeah, yeah. And so she was actually there with her baby, like um, strapped to her like torso. And the baby had these cute little headphones on. Um, and she had like, you know, this nice camera. And she was like, walking all around like from side to side to to get really like nice close-up shots of the band and like each of the members and stuff and when she sent the folder of all of the band photos that she took from the concert my jaw literally hit the floor i was so just stunned by how cool you looked by like the first photo that you showed me and i was just like i can't believe that i know this person let alone that like we're friends let alone that we're like best friends let alone that you like are my wife I'm just, I was so, you're just like the coolest person I know. I can't help it. And then I literally was like, you need to send me that picture right away. And I immediately like said it as my wallpaper and I like posted it on Instagram. And I was just like, once upon a time, I married a rock star and I sent it to, <laughs> just once again. I was like, I just, I, I don't know what to do with myself. So I'm just going to brag about how cool my wife is. And so I like sent the picture in um some discord servers that I'm in. And oh my goodness. Yeah. You, uh. You're you're too nice. <laughs> no, you're just too like cool. I'm just I'm not over the fact that I'm just you know like I feel like if I ever saw who'd be someone like a celebrity that like I'd be like starstruck to see in person. Literally Maybe, any Marvel uh, Elizabeth Elizabeth Olsen is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like you know someone like uh, Elizabeth Olsen or Oscar Isaac or Sebastian Din- Stan. I was gonna say Din Djarin, but uh. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd not necessarily Sebastian Stan, but Anthony Mackie for sure. Like <laughs> uh, when Falcon and Winter Soldier was coming out, I was just like, man, I am definitely have a crush on Anthony Mackie. Anyway, but like in the same way that I would be starstruck to like be in the same room or, you know, meet a celebrity. It was how I was feeling during that concert. And then afterwards seeing the pictures, I was just like, I'm literally starstruck by my wife. <laughs> um. And I'm still like so excited. Afterwards, I was pumped and I was like pumping you up about how excited I was to hear you guys perform again because I didn't get enough of it in the concert. And but I was also excited to see you finally perform with like the other two main members of the band. And also you guys are working to I don't know if this is released to the public yet, if I can talk about it on the podcast, but about how like you want to release an album by the end of the year. Yeah, we're definitely working on new music. So, I mean, our goal is to try to get an album, but we'll see if that actually happens. So, <laughs> But yeah, I was so pumped for that, for you know all the, the work that that's going to be involved in that, but also just like having that like with me to like take wherever to listen to. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I also like talked, talked you up with like all of my coworkers at work. I was like, <laughs> I tried to get like a lot of them to come to the concert because I was like afraid that I wouldn't have anybody to go with me. Um, but luckily your family was there. Um, but they were all like, super invested they kept asking for like two months before the concert like when you guys were scheduling a concert because they were so interested and then after the concert i had some stickers from like of your band and i had like put one of them we put on our audio interface and the other one i put on my laptop and i was like showing everybody and it's fun that whenever i like have something on my phone like a picture or something like everybody stands up from their desk and like comes over to see because they're like so interested and so anyway I just wanted to let you know that you have fans at uh, my office too. That's good to know. Yeah. And I'm sure nice they, would, to have they would be equally as starstruck. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm really excited to see. I know you have a couple more concerts um, in the works for the summer and hopefully plenty more uh, in the years to come. Yes. I hope that like it's it's a creative outlet that you have to enjoy for you know a long time. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of fun for me. I think I was missing having a creative outlet in my life, and this has just been perfect. Besides the podcast, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, 
You think now would be a good time to ask the new discussion question? Yes. And the question we have for you this week is, what is the best concert you've been to? And we want you guys to tell us about your experiences, who you saw, and what it was like. And what made it so fun and, and the best, you know, what, what, how did they put on a good show? Yes. Tell us about your experiences because we want to hear them. Uh, you can email us your response at participating.podcast at gmail.com. But we will also um, put that on our Instagram story uh, a couple days after the episode is released. So be sure to follow us on the Instagram so that you can respond to that story. And then we will discuss the responses in our next episode. Yep. I think uh, we can go ahead and finish wrapping up. We'll just shout out a couple <laughs> uh, bits of trivia and facts for you guys. Make sure you take notes because this will be on the midterm. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. All right, listeners, this has been another episode of Thanks for Participating. I've been Josh and she's been Sydney. And once again, thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Josh is rich, separated out by underscores, and Sydney at dip your chicken. Follow Thanks for Participating at TFP underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok and TFP underscore show on Twitter. Don't forget to email your answer to today's discussion question, as well as any other feedback you have for us to participating.podcast at gmail.com. Quick reminder to rate and review the show on iTunes if you feel like being nice. Reviewers will earn a shout out at the beginning of the podcast. Our cover art is by Vaishan Brandon. Check him out at Vaishan Designs on Instagram. Our theme music was composed by Mitch Fry. Follow him at Firefry underscore on Instagram and Mitch Fry Music on YouTube. Thanks to our lovely listeners for listening to our podcast. We love each and every one of you. And thanks for participating. And also, before we go, thanks for not overwhelming me with intense lights and flames and sounds and lasers. So I have a mental breakdown in the bathroom and hide for half an hour. 